frugality has always been something you either think of as like somebody washing out plastic Ziploc bags or somebody who's rich who can afford to be frugal, either either end of the spectrum. And so what I consider frugal now is just being a wise steward of resources. And it was really the Wikipedia page for frugality that Ah. helped me figure out that definition. And so our limited resources are limited. Money is actually not limited. Money can come and go, but our resources, like our natural resources, our time and all those things. And when you stop spending money on things you don't value, then you can start spending money on things you do value and you can preserve your limited resources um, better and more effectively, whatever that feels like for you. My name is Allison Baggerly, creator of Inspire Budget, and I'm on a mission to help women live their best life and reach their money goals. Join me here for inspiring conversations to help you learn more about budgeting, saving money, paying off debt, and investing for your future. You'll be hearing not only from me, but others along the way that have a story and voice to share. Let's dive in. Today, we have Jen Smith from Modern Frugality here on the Inspire Budget Podcast. Jen and I have been friends for so many years, and in this episode, I can tell you that I learned something new about frugality. In fact, Jen has challenged me to look at frugality in a way that I never thought I would look at it. So I can't wait to introduce you to my good friend, Jen Smith. So welcome, Jen. I'm thrilled to have you on the Inspire Budget podcast. You and I go way back, actually. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. It's like having you on Frugal Friends feels like a homecoming. And so like to be on your podcast is so fun. Yes. And if you don't know, Jen actually has a podcast called the Frugal Friends podcast. And I actually got to be one of the hosts of it while you were on maternity leave. So I guess I have done this podcasting thing before. Oh yeah. And I have another podcast. This is awkward. Yeah. So, but like, I feel like we were your catalyst for being like, I I could host the podcast. So like everyone listening, you're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Having a baby and leaving the show for three weeks. You're welcome. I love it. Yes. And letting me, (laughs) and thank you for letting me step in. So I wanted to have you on because I think you have a very inspiring, a very inspiring money story. So can you just kind of dive in and talk to us about about where your kind of story began with wanting to pay off debt, wanting to build wealth, realizing that you wanted something different for your life. Yeah. So it was when my now husband and I were engaged and he came to me and he was like, I want to pay off my student loans when we get married. And I was cool. Have fun. I'm not. (laughs) Um, And I think part of that came a little from shame because I had more than double the amount of student loans he had. Mm -hmm. They were double the interest rate. Oh, wow. And I was making like 35K, maybe 38. Mm-hmm. So I had like a little shame and, and guilt for having to, for bringing all of that into a new marriage. And I just didn't believe that it was possible to, to pay it off. And he really inspired me to think bigger about what do you want from our future? And I really mm-hmm. hadn't really thought about it. All I was thinking of was I don't want to live the rest of my 20s under a rock. Right. And so when I started, being able to dream about this new life that we were going to create. It was a fresh start. Then I was like, you know what? It would be easier and more fulfilling to not have to worry about all this debt. And so that was kind of the catalyst for us paying off $78,000 of debt. 
I, I love how you said that, like you admitted that there was shame and it's almost like there's a, there's a roadblock to when you aren't, when you aren't given permission or you aren't giving yourself permission to dream that you think, why bother? Why try? It isn't possible. So I'm curious to know he was on board. He was the one that was kind of like pulling you in. What did those early conversations about dreaming look like for you? I mean, you're in your twenties burdened with all of these student loans. What was the dream that made you think, okay, this is worth a try. And then I'm curious to know if that dream is your reality now. Well, I really want to foster. So I was working at a foster group home um, Mm -hmm. when we met and I was really burdened for the foster care system and its inadequacies. And I really wanted to help just one or two family trees. I feel like Mm -hmm. If some if if a child comes into my life and I can impart some kind of life change for one or two kids, like that's enough. I've fulfilled my life's purpose. And so mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of effort and energy to foster. I realize this. Not everyone is built to do it. Like even if you are burdened for it, sometimes it's just not the right fit for for a family. And so I felt like because this was something I I really felt called to do, that I wanted to be able to choose whether I worked or not. I didn't want to stress myself out because my body Mm. physically like doesn't handle stress well. And it's actually only gotten worse as I've aged. Isn't that wonderful? Right. (laughs) I thought it didn't handle it well then and it's just gotten worse. That was the dream that really inspired me. And I wanted to have my own kid too. So Mm Since then, we have, we've paid off our debt and I have had a child. He's two years old and he's wonderful. And I work for myself and I have the freedom to do that because I don't have to worry about large lingering bills. And so high interest rates, mm -hmm, all of that. Yep. And we have not started fostering yet. We do give to foster care organizations that support Mm -hmm. foster families and foster family licensing. And so we're hoping that next year (gasps) we can start the process. But sometimes I like to rush into things and not enjoy the seasons that Mm -hmm. I'm in presently. I just try and rush to the next thing. And I'm trying to learn not to do that and to really enjoy infanthood and toddlerhood with my son Mm -hmm. before we transition into this, this new thing. You know, I, we're on the path to it. I think that that's so common to always be looking ahead and not sitting like our present and enjoying what we have and being grateful for what we have. I know I struggle with that so much. And especially even more now that I'm a business owner, because I can see, I'm like, oh, there are so many possibilities. And so I struggle with sitting in, well, this is what I have now and it's wonderful and it's beautiful and let me enjoy this present moment. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait for you all to start this process, but of course, take your time. Enjoy, (laughs) enjoy your son while he is young. You really, you have a, you have a podcast called frugal friends. So we're just going to jump into you consider yourself a frugal person. Is that correct? I do now. I embrace the term frugal. And I Mm -hmm. think before I started paying off debt, I think I would have described myself as more so broke. That was the mentality I I spent out of. And so Mm -hmm. I would buy the cheapest things, not because I was choosing to do so, but because 
I was quote unquote broke. Yet I did have money in my savings account, but I wouldn't spend it on paying off my debt because that was too big. <laughs> that was um, that was too much of a of a thing to right. tackle, right? That's overwhelming. Right, right. Yeah. That was too intimidating. And so now frugality has always been something you either think of as like somebody washing out plastic Ziploc bags or somebody who's rich who can afford to be frugal, either either end of the spectrum. And so what I consider frugal now is just being a wise steward of resources. And it was really the Wikipedia page for frugality that ah. helped me figure out that definition. And so our limited resources are limited. Money is actually mm -hmm. not limited. Money can come and go, but our resources, like our natural resources, our time and all those things. And mm -hmm. when you stop spending money on things you don't value, then you can start spending money on things you do value and you can preserve your limited resources mm -hmm. um, better and more effectively. Whatever that feels like for you, not everybody has to care about the same natural resources. Right are same limited resources, but you mm -hmm. can you can live a life where you're spending in alignment with your values. And that to me is a beautiful, beautiful definition of frugality. Okay. I have never heard anyone I've never heard anyone define frugality like that. I think that it takes away this this thought process that it means, like you said, washing out Ziploc bags and only going to the dollar store, things like that. How do you implement frugality into your life now? Can you give me one example? Because this was a beautiful definition, but I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what does that look like? Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking I want to be more frugal with my time. I always feel like I don't have enough time, time with my kids, time to work on what I love, time to read. Give me the secret. What, <laughs> how, how are you frugal with your time? And then what else are you frugal with? Yeah. I'll preface this by saying that I, I absolutely don't practice this perfectly. I okay. still struggle with a scarcity mindset, mm -hmm. um, which just thinks that still money is a limited resource. So sometimes, and that will sometimes conflict with my time and my natural resource kind of commitment. Okay. So it's, it's always something that I am trying to get better at. So one of the first things I think that has helped us be in this place where we can live this definition of frugality was paying off our debt. Mm -hmm. And so without that big expense, I'm able to work for myself and make whatever I want and work for however long I want so that I can have more of my time back. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely don't work 40 hours a week. However, I love working. Yeah. Honestly, that's like working is probably my love language, but I don't have to be, I have the flexibility to where if, if I need, if I want to go to the grocery store in the middle of the day, I can do that. If I want to pick up my kid early from daycare, I can do that. Like that's my freedom. A lot of people I hear have a, a house cleaner. So they mm -hmm. don't spend money on eating out at fancy restaurants. They'd rather spend their money on takeout and be able to afford a house cleaner. We don't have a house cleaner, but I would lo honestly love to do that. That's probably on my list. It's just finding, okay, what are the things that I will do? What mm -hmm. are the things I don't want to do? Um, and how can I, how can I make, how can I cut the things I don't want to do out of my life? For, yeah. for us, it's a lot of takeout. We don't do a lot of, we don't do any fine dining. Right. Like if I have to tip, I don't go because I'm frugal and I that's would rather where you're, that's not right. where your, your values my priori are. That's yeah. Not my priorities are not doing dishes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that can be done more efficiently 
with getting takeout twice a week than eating out at a fine dining restaurant once yeah. a week. Well, and that's our families like that. You know, we have two boys. And so taking kids to restaurants is sometimes just not fun. (laughs) And especially the younger they are, just the less fun it becomes. Mm -hmm. So for us, I try to allow myself to not cook dinner twice a week. And usually one night is pizza and one night is either maybe a quick restaurant or we grab something else that's very simple. So I totally see that because I value... I would rather spend less money in restaurants and, and spend money on something else. And to talk about the house cleaner thing, that's something I want to, I've tried to convince my husband. He is not for it at all. That's we, the same. Travis is not for it. I was going to say, <laughs> and that's holding us back. Uh-huh. Um, and my husband just has this belief that if I can do it myself, why would I pay someone to do it? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to do it because then you get more time, mm-hmm. but Regardless, we did get a robotic vacuum cleaner and I am loving that. Compromise. It was a compromise. It was a one-time purchase compromise. Mm -hmm. So anyway, okay. I want to go back to paying off all this debt because you're young, you're in a relationship and you have $78,000 worth of debt. Were you still working this $35,000 per year job? Yep. The whole time I was working and I think I made it up to 38 by the end. (laughs) Um, Travis was actually, what a raise, (laughs) right? Um, I, Travis was actually unemployed when we started. So talk about the right time to pay off debt. I know, right? She's she's putting quotation marks. Yeah, exactly. There is only the time that you start. Mm -hmm. That's the right time. So we started at right. Literally I got home. I walked through the door from our honeymoon. I opened my laptop and I was looking for side hustles to increase our mm-hmm. income because obviously we had an income problem yeah. and that was the first thing we needed to solve. So I I got some side hustles. I was working a lot, so okay. much so that within a few months I had given myself shingles <gasps> from the stress of working I've given too myself much. shingles yeah. from stress. Yeah. That is a sad so thing was- we have in common. <laughs> Right. That's the, that was the start of my body starting to mm-hmm. just behave worse and worse as stress came. Eventually right. it was seizures. But yes, I learned early on that I was, okay, side hustling is not going, I can't just side hustle. I have mm-hmm. to pull back on this and I also have to control my expenses because I thought if I could side hustle my way out of debt, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. to give up any of the spending. And right. that was not true. I had to do both because my body wouldn't allow me to work 80 hours a week every week. Right. So I kept the group home job and I did a little bit of data entry with my my regular job. And I think by the end of our debt payoff, we were making 88000 between the two of us. Okay. So, I mean, we were never in like a really high income, income. bracket. And we mm-hmm. still were able to do it. $78,000 in two years. That's incredible. So mm-hmm. basically just anything extra went towards mm-hmm. debt. We Did... lived off one income and the oh, whole wow. more, less than one income. So mm-hmm. one whole income plus a little extra went to the debt every year. And we bought a house during that time. <laughs> so we bought a house too during our debt-free journey, which some mm-hmm. people say don't, don't do, but I was thankful do we did. Do what works for you. Exactly. I, I, yeah, do I loved it. I loved our first house. Yeah. So I guess, did you ever lose motivation? How did you, I mean, you're, you're taking on all these side hustles. You're working a ton. You're getting, your body is rejecting this saying, Jen, slow down. What are you doing to me? And yet you still did it in two years. There's Uh gotta be a time in that process where you were thinking, what am I doing? Is this worth it? Like, did that Mm -hmm. ever happen? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard. And you only see on Instagram, the success stories Mm -hmm. and the amount the people will post numbers and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard. Don't get it twisted. It's hard. I think at the one year mark, when we, we had done a year, I should have been really good at this, but we still (laughs) had one year left to go. I kind of had this internal breakdown Mm -hmm. and I was, I can't do this for another year. I just can't. And that's when I started, started my blog. And so I, that is how, yeah, it was, I'm a big journaler. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, instead of just writing this out in my journal, what if I put it on the internet and I just talk about the things I've learned in the past year, write Mm -hmm. about what I've learned and try to help other people because that would motivate me. That that's what spurred my entire life's work now is Mm -hmm. starting being at that midpoint and being at my lowest low during our debt payoff. What I did, what I wrote, like actually helped people. People would come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, I loved those tips. I'm definitely going to try them. Please post more. That's awesome. That's what I started doing. And so I recommend everyone, maybe it doesn't have to be a blog, but just Mm -hmm. start some kind of way that you can help people because helping people really does help you too. It keeps you motivated. And I think yeah. also there was accountability there. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe at that point, your accountability person was your husband, but there's only so much you can do with one accountability person. Mm-hmm. So what I found true with me too, is having some sort of accountability. And I didn't, I wish I had had more accountability, but I feel like with social media and with ease of creating websites and blogs, you can put it out there and it doesn't have to be something that turns into a business. I think a lot of people think, well, if I do that, I have Mm -hmm. to make money from it. But what if what you make is motivation for yourself and then in turn, you end up saving more money and paying off debt faster or -hmm. reaching your goals quicker. Uh, That's awesome. And so then you were able to leave, leave your foster care job leave working there. And then you transition to a, into a different job, right? Writing. Right. And so I, I was a full-time acupuncturist while we were paying off debt. That was my full-time job. And then the group home was my weekend job. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. That was my weekend job. And so I was able to quit when we paid off debt. I was able, well, actually even before we quit paid off the debt, I was able to leave the foster home because I got a job writing. And that was from my blog. They saw, I I sent it to them. I was like, hey, I don't have any experience besides this blog. If you like it, cool. And they were like, we Mm -hmm. like it. We'll pay you. And so that's, yeah, that's how I started writing for money. Then that eventually led to me being my full-time job to write full-time. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I was so scared. I like writing part-time, but I don't know if I'm going to like writing 40 hours a week. Yeah. That's a lot (laughs) of writing. I did. Right. And it ended up, it's not writing like full for 40 mm-hmm. hours every week, at least not for me, but I, and I, I did, and I do enjoy it. That's awesome. Okay. So what tips do you have for someone that's at that point where you were at that one year mark, who's sitting here thinking they've lost motivation. I'm halfway through, but all of a sudden I'm wondering, is this worth it? Other than finding some sort of outlet, what tips do you have for them? Anything that they can like take away and say, okay, I'm going to start doing this today because I know it's going to help me stay motivated to reach my goals, whether their goal is to pay off debt or save money or continue investing using your, your money, your, your salary to then in turn invest because you don't get to spend that money now. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. sometimes we need motivation to do that. So what do you, what do you have for them? 
I think so. I the first thing would be just to reiterate, like we we rise when we lift others up. If you are helping people with the knowledge that you have, it's going to motivate you more internally. Not even like accountability, which is external motivation, but internally it will motivate you. And internal motivation is more powerful than external motivation. Mm-hmm. So the things that can create internal motivation for you are really important. And so also finding like deeper meaning and a deeper reason behind why you're doing what you're doing. I'm not frugal for frugality's sake. I'm not frugal out of a scarcity mindset. I'm frugal because I believe frugality can save the earth. It can save the world. It can save people. It can save families. Mm. I truly believe that. And so that's what drives my frugality. And so find what drives you. Find that Mm. internal motivation and help people. Give yourself grace because this is a blip on the radar. This season is a Mm -hmm. blip on your radar. I can barely remember those two years (laughs) besides those really dark times. I was going to say, you were were sick with with (laughs) part of it. Maybe you've blacked it out. Right. Yeah. I blacked (laughs) it out. Eventually, you will be so far removed from this Mm -hmm. that you won't even be able to relate to it. I see a lot of people who are a decade out from paying off their debt and they can no longer relate to people who Mm -hmm. are in the thick of paying off debt. So no, have the confidence that -hmm. you will finish paying off your debt and you will become one of those people. And that's great. That's awesome. You should do that. So know know that that is your future and you will will get there. Just be confident in that. I think for so many people, they think it's not possible, or maybe there's this thought of how would I do that? Because I've lived with 10 years of feeling this overwhelm and this lingering stress from not managing my money well, or having made harmful money mistakes in the past that maybe are harmful money habits, I should say. That's 10 years or more sometimes of overcoming that to see the benefit of having just this blip and that it will be worth it. So I think sometimes it's hard for people to to keep their eye on that. Would yeah, I mean, yeah. it's easy to see the earth as flat when you've never been in a spaceship and seen mm-hmm. it round. Yeah, It's very easy to do that. You won't have the perspective until you're mm-hmm. out of the forest. Exactly. Uh, but you'll get there. You'll yes. get there. Oh, I love it. Well, um, okay. At the end of every interview, I like to ask my guests the three following questions. So I don't want you to overthink it. It's just for fun. Um, mm, I'm ready. So here's, okay. What is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do? Greece. Oh, I want to go to Greece. Is there a Preferably particular area? Preferably a like, like a cruise or something, mm-hmm. but I just want to see Greece. I want to, I want to eat the food. I want to wear Grecian, like Mediterranean mm-hmm. beach clothing. Oh yeah. Greece. Oh, I, so I went to Greece after I graduated college. I used my student loan money to fund a 25 day trip to Europe as, as one does when you're in oh college, <laughs> but I did go to Greece. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would love to go back there. Do you have like a goal for when that's going to happen? Mm. No, one day though. One day, like one, one day. day, not anytime super yeah. soon because you know, traveling overseas no. right now. Yeah toddlers and yeah, and you're right. <laughs> exactly. yeah, logistically and, uh, world, you know, worldly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So you have, I want you to imagine yourself, you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions, no crying toddlers, no husband mm-hmm. asking you to do anything, just no interruptions, three hours. What do you do? I'm probably maybe just going to like sit down 
Let's live it up those three hours. (laughs) Maybe watch some really good TV Mm -hmm. or sit by a pool maybe. Yeah. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. You um, live right by a beautiful beach. Okay. Here's the thing. And this is a hot take. I live right by a beach, but like I hate the sand. It's very uh, hot. You have to buy shade. And there's and you have to lug so many things. Mm-hmm. Like with pools, there's usually a bar right there. The shades <laughs> like at the tables. Like pools are cleaner. Pools are just better. There are no sharks. No sharks, right? Mm-hmm. No waves. My toddler hates waves and sand. Oh my and gosh. So bringing him to is... the beach is not good. And you live by a beautiful beach. It's such yeah. a sh- it's such a shame. I've play- paid money to go to where you live. Yeah. Be by the beach. Thousands of dollars. That, so Yeah. But like a beach bar, I'm all mm-hmm. for a beach bar. No live music. <laughs> I guess I'm just a grumpy old Floridian now. I guess I guess you are. Okay. <laughs> last, last question. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is. Oh, oh my gosh. Is this so sad that the first thing that came to my mind was my Dyson vacuum? That is just very adult of you. (laughs) Okay. Here's something. I didn't actually pay a lot of money for this. Mm -hmm. I did credit card points, but like my all-inclusive vacation to Mexico in December of 2019. Remember that? That was like 10 years ago, um, right before the world came crashing down. That was so good. So much so, like, I've been dreaming of it ever since, and I think we're going to go back this December. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Okay, so a vacation, no kids allowed, right? Your son didn't no kids. you. No, 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 no. No kids. Mm-mm, no. I love it. Those are my favorite vacations. I, I feel really bad saying that, but hopefully my kids <laughs> will never listen to this. It's not a vacation when you take kids. It's just it's life not, in a different no. area. Right. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a vacation without them. Otherwise, it's like cultural enrichment. You're like teaching them how to be humans. Yes, exactly. Um, But it's not a vacation for you. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for joining us and sharing your money story and and helping us expand our definition of frugality because I have never thought about frugality the way you so beautifully put it. So thank you. And why don't you share where people can find you so that way they can follow you? Absolutely. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can follow Frugal Friends Podcast. We have new episodes every Friday. You can also catch me on modernfrugality.com. I have tons of free gifts for you if you go to the website modernfrugality.com from an investing checklist to financial wellness workbook. So many goodies. I love it. Well, we'll go ahead and make sure that we put your website in the show notes. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Inspire Budget Podcast. I hope this helps you live your best life and reach your money goals.